0: Hello, and welcome to Talk Social to Me. I'm your host, Mackenzie, and today Ben and I are catching up on everything with social media news, the biggest thing being obviously Google and Reddit. If you haven't heard about it, you're going to be hearing about it in this episode. We also give you some of our insights on things that we see happening in the future social media space, the AI space. And we touch upon some of the new things and the new features that Instagram has just recently released. We really hope you enjoyed this episode, so let's get right into it. Hello, hello, hello. Ben, I decided, you know what, we should just hit record because we're already talking. And instead of, you know, not recording all this good information that we're saying, because obviously we're very intelligent and very interesting and fun. That's what they say. I should hit record.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. Let's do it. Let's, let's, let's chop it up.
0: So essentially, what we were talking about before I hit the record button is major social media news. Um, the biggest one of this week, and I'm sure that everybody's been talking about, is Google signing a partnership with Reddit. $60 million a year to Reddit to train basically Google's AI, Gemini. I'm sure everybody's also heard about Gemini not like all the backlash from Gemini recently? Have you heard Mm. about it?
1: I I think I saw news headlines and whatnot about things that it did or didn't do. Am I correct in in that?
0: Yeah. So essentially it's been creating images of people, of Nazis basically, because somebody asked for a Nazi image and it created the Nazis as black people when obviously that wasn't the case. Okay. And people are like, well, this is not realistic and this isn't, up to code or whatever. So they realized, oh shit, like we need to take a step back and maybe take down what we've been doing with our modeling. And so they took a step back with their Gemini AI. And then the next day, pretty much announced that they signed a $60 million a year partnership with Reddit mm. to access Reddit's data API to train Google's AI.
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's exciting because I think so much, like I've consumed so much content on Reddit over the years, but it is also a very, very mixed bag. So if you're saying that the, the model's are already running into problems right yeah. now, it's it's a, I'm curious to see how they'll handle the filtration of that information because I've read some of the most intelligent and insightful things on Reddit. And I've also read some of the dumbest things I've ever come across on the oh, internet yeah. on Reddit. So it'll be yeah. very curious how they disseminate that information. but. If they do it well, that could be awesome because that's that's where I go for most of my answers.
0: Same. And like I'm sure like obviously Google knows that because Google probably knows that people go on Google to search a question mm-hmm. add reddit to the end because you're going to get more personal user experiences to those questions that you have. But I'm curious what redditors actually think and while I dabble in reddit, I'm I would never say that I'm an active redditor because Last year, and I know that we've talked about this before on the podcast, last year when Reddit did that whole strike against the new CEO and basically shut down major subreddits because they didn't like that the new CEO blocked or basically was limiting API access. And now the CEO is like, hey, guys, well, you know what we're going to do now? We're going to give Google access to our full data API. Because we want to rank higher, essentially, on Google.
1: Yeah. So I guess you mentioned that, too, that what they get out of it is obviously the income, but then also increased ranking authority for all of their content. That's that's obviously a massive play. But you're right. Reddit does really have its own culture. But now, I believe they're, they're publicly traded, aren't they?
0: So they're going to be announcing it soon. They haven't officially set out for IPO. But I think this is what they were trying to get in place first before actually going public so they can make their stock prices even higher because
1: the the problem in a capitalistic society is that you may love something the way that it is but at the end of the day it's a for-profit business and so for profit they need more people or they need the individual people to be worth more money or pay more money and i don't think there's gonna be many reddit users signing up to pay for a lot of stuff so you got to find a solution to that somewhere and this this is probably going to be it unfortunately people do get pissed off but Typically they if they like it enough, they stay. Like look at any of the social media platforms. When YouTube was launched, people were like crazy when there's ads, and now we're just so numb to it.
0: Yeah. And people pay YouTube premium. Like-
1: I do. It's the best best $12.99 I spend every month. It's I think back to it, like I almost exclusively consume long-form content. And so I think about it. And sometimes I, I'll see people complaining about how many ads are on videos. And I'm like, I forgot those even exist. Like, <laughs> but, but then if you, value, if you value your time and you're watching a lot of that content, like, to me, that is just a no brainer Twelve ninety nine.
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, if they're like on Netflix, the reason why... Well, I don't pay for Netflix. So I still borrow somebody's Netflix until Netflix basically kicks me off of it. It's but the reason people pay for Netflix, so you don't get ads. Yes, there is a lower tier where you can get ads.
1: That's but- crazy to me.
0: It is, and I have friends who were like, you know what? I don't feel like give, spending fourteen ninety nine a month. I'm going to do this lower tier. They were in the lower tier for two weeks before they were like, nope, can't it's do this anymore, it. and upgraded. Yeah,
1: if yeah, if you want to hack your life, give yourself an hourly rate, and even if it's what you're at your job right now, if it's going to cost you less than your hourly rate, that is a fantastic purchase. <laughs> like that Absolutely. is just a good good ROI. And so for me, like that twelve ninety nine saves me. Hours per month because I'm watching videos on YouTube all the time. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it impacts the whole Reddit experience and if it changes the subculture that exists there. Maybe it makes it even more mainstream, but yeah, I, I can't see places going other routes or, th- that are big redditors because where else do they really go for that kind of experience?
0: Yeah, and also it's like the biggest forum on mm-hmm. the internet. Plus, the other thing is is I'm curious if you'll be able to opt out of. Google being able to use your data, or if it's going to be like a blanket across the board, like new terms and conditions. If you are a user, you're going to be having your data taken, like to Google.
1: I'd guess it's that. Knowing big tech, I definitely would. (laughs) I definitely would lean towards that. But I've obviously I've not read the fine print, so I have no idea.
0: Yeah. So that is officially happening. Sixty million a year, which. For Google's a drop in the bucket.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, not, it's nothing to them, but I, the question on that I would love to ask you is that how far away do you think we are from people not even using a search engine anymore and using something like a ChatGPT to get their answers?
0: I think it's already happening. I have a couple of friends who use ChatGPT exclusively and they don't even Google anymore. That's crazy. Yeah, because they're like, well, I can get better. Like, I know I can get answers quickly from this and it can actually pinpoint where on the internet that they got their sources from. I in the past have used Bard, which is now Gemini, from Google when I have been doing research for either our podcast or research for different blog posts that I'm writing. And I genuinely really like it because it's gathering the data for me instead of me like searching the internet. But yeah, I, I think it's already happening. We're here.
1: Yeah, it's such a disruption piece because like the whole internet and most big businesses on the internet were built primarily through blog content, like written word and you having to go seek it out and whole SEO. So how does that then translate to, are you doing like chat GPT, yo? Like, like, <laughs> like, like, what does that look like? Cause that's, I, I think about myself personally, cause affiliate marketing is, is a decent part of our agency and, and it's like that comes through YouTube or Google. But if people are going to Chat GPT, like do they just do they become the affiliate for all of that funneled in traffic? Like it's I don't know how they're gonna deal with that.
0: So I know that Google has been updating their SEO policies and basically their ranking policies. Okay. So I think with Gemini continuing to, continuing to evolve over the course of the next year, or I'm sure just in the next like few weeks, we'll be seeing because Google's doing like, I don't know if you've seen it on the top of, I don't know if you use Chrome at all, but it it keeps, there's like a little banner right now that keeps saying there's going to be a new look happening, a new design's ha- coming soon, blah, 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 And I think with this new redesign, it's to coincide more and more with AI and generative mm-hmm. AI. And so I think just keeping an eye on that and their new blog posts that they keep coming out with because it's, everything's going AI. And I guess for us, we need to figure out how the AI is extracting information from the things that we write and basically post.
1: It's going to impact purchasing pathways so much. Right now, think of the trillions of dollars that are spent through going to Google and finding something and then like buying it through that, especially service-based businesses. Like that's like the biggest thing. Because I think for more experiential things, let's say food or true experiences, TikTok is Gaining more and more market share, yeah. but for something like, which plumber should I use? Like their whole business thrives through Google SEO. So yeah, yeah this is this is going to be f- truly fascinating. So I think one thing that I would pay attention to this is if you are quite reliant on that kind of traffic right now, to be doing what Mackenzie just said, staying on top of this stuff. Because whenever there is these fundamental shifts in the way that people use these kinds of tech where they find things, the ones that are early and do it right win so big. Like if you look at the major D2C brands, they that are like that we look at as huge brands today, they were built off the back of like cheap Facebook ads. Right. And then yep. it was just moved to the next platform, next platform, next platform. So yeah, I would definitely be on high alert if you own a business.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy world we're currently living. We've been talking about it more and more. But yeah, it's just AI has completely evolved and changed how we work, how we write, how we consume content and how we gather information. And so just always keeping on top of that is going to be huge for 2024.
1: It's so fascinating because we're entering the first ever era of genuine exponential growth from a technological perspective. And our brains don't work like that. Like if you look at how we evolved, we're like, okay, that creature is running that pace. (laughs) I know if I go this angle, I'm good. Not like, oh, it's going to, double its speed you know I like our brains don't don't function like that very well so it's hard f- even the the experts in this field that are trying to project timelines they're struggling because it, it's truly exponential and there's intersecting yeah. exponential technologies too so yeah definitely keep a tabs on it keeps things fun like it's exciting to see all these things
0: it is i was actually reading an article yesterday talking about the new video content or the from uh, OpenAI.
1: yeah i was just about to bring that up i love that you did that
0: Yeah. And the fact that they were saying, which is a scary thing to think about, but I'm sure because it's still so new and we don't know how many jobs are going to be created from AI. I know a lot of people are nervous about jobs being lost, but you also have to think about with every technological advancement, there's a lot of jobs that get created during Mm. that time. I mean, think about social media when the iPhone came out. So... It, in the article, it said that in the next three months, 90% of animators will probably lose their job because of how advanced this is. And yeah. it is quite wild to think about.
1: It is. And I think if you try to map it out too far, that becomes quite existential. So I'm not, I'm not even trying to try to do that. But it, it, I will say that it definitely, it increases the leverage that I'd say decision makers have. So like within my business, I'm top level trying to make decisions and then video editors or graphic design people would implement that. But now there's like less and less of a need for that because I can just like execute on decisions so much faster. And so I think that hopefully my hope is that it'll just increase the quality of content across the internet is is my hope. But the video editing has improved so vastly. Like if you want to see a visual of this and you haven't yet, go look at the video of uh, Will Smith eating pasta or pasta a year ago and it looks the most jagged thing you've ever seen and it's only been a year and now it looks incredibly legit.
0: Yeah, the hands and the mouths are still kind of weird, but I mean
1: But if my yeah. grandma was watching that, she wouldn't notice that, right? So then right. and and then, and then if if that's the only thing we're missing right now, like I'm sure that's probably got like a week away. <laughs> like obviously yeah. I'm, I'm sensationalizing <laughs> things, but like I'm sure it's not far.
0: Yeah, it's it's honestly crazy to think about how Much we've just advanced in one year. I mean, Mm -hmm. we were just launching things in AI with Flick last year, like for the first time. And now we've released so much and done so much so quickly because of the advancement of AI and have been able to do incredible things with our users and our customers. It's incredible.
1: Yeah, I think it'll anybody who has things they were deeply passionate about and really want to do. I think that these just amplify your ability to do that at like at more scale, help more people. And so I think that's, that's the way to look at it. And that's, yeah, it's ever changing and it's exciting.
0: To continue on the black mirror path that we're on currently, have you seen the new wristbands that Mark Zuckerberg has like announced?
1: (laughs) Oh no. Alien suck talking some wristbands. No, I've not seen these.
0: So essentially, he's going full VR and AR with a new wristband. Let me pull up the article that I was reading this on the other day because it's quite funny. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've heard him talk about basically the Apple bros, as he's calling them.
1: So you saw that video?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah, he was basically mad that people are so obsessed with Apple and Apple's Vision Pro glasses because he was like, those are minor league and our glasses are so much better. Well, now he's announced that they're going to do a finger tracking neural wristband. Nice. And they're going to be shipping that, he says, in the next few years, which I'm sure because it's him, he'll try to be advancing that a lot sooner than that. Mm hmm. But from what I can understand is that it's going to be able to track your fingers through computer vision and their approach is limited currently, but it'll be able to. <laughs> sorry, I'm just You're it good. makes me laugh thinking about this because. This is the future we're about to be in. So according to Upload VR, an entirely different approach to finger tracking is to sense the neural electrical signals passing through your wrist to your fingers from your brain using a technique called electromyography. I hope I said that right. Theoretically, this could have zero or even negative latency, perfect accuracy, work regardless of lighting conditions and not be subject to occlusion. When discussing the technology in 2021, they claimed that a recent breakthrough enabled decoding the activity of individual neurons for almost infinite control over machines.
1: See, I think we're going to have to, with this evolution of technology, pose some very serious questions, right? Like, are you familiar with, are you familiar with the simulation theory?
0: yes that we're in a simulation
1: (laughs) yeah and so like that becomes harder and harder to like truly dispute because like what makes something real like you would say that it is the emotion and the sensory like the senses that you have that then triggers the emotion and provides it meaning when that can all be simulated and it feels the exact same what is reality (laughs) right well
0: it reminds me of when when mark zuckerberg did that podcast with what was his name uh, Lex lex friedman Lex Friedman. And they were using the glasses and they were in this virtual world and they looked like they were sitting right across from each other. And we both saw the video. It looked very much like they were sitting in the same room.
1: For how early we are on that, it looked fantastic. Like to think that this is the worst it's ever going to be and the rate of growth. I think we're probably only a year or two away from where most of the big podcasters are operating like that. And it, mm-hmm. it, and it almost eliminates the need. I'm actually really happy about this actually as a podcaster now that I think about it because <laughs> one, of the biggest, one of the biggest bottlenecks that people have with growing their show is access to guests, right? Because you either need a mm. massive audience or because they only go to certain places. Like for me, not that many people come to Toronto consistently. So like even running yeah. a podcast there, it's hard to get guests. That becomes substantially easier if, I, if they can be in Austin or wherever they want to be put on their headset and we're good to go and have that similar kind of human interaction. That, that's really why they do it in person is the depth of conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and so if you can do that with a $500 headset, dang. I
0: mean, yeah. Imagine if we were in the same room right now. We could just be having these conversations just through virtual reality. <laughs> Mackenzie, that's
1: the future. We're going to, yeah, wait for, <laughs> wait for this pod where it's going to be an immersive reality. It's going to be, yeah. It's, it's already good now. It's going to get 10 times better. I'm going to just think
0: it could be like, we could be hosting a show and we could have an audience around us asking questions. It could just be a whole new future. I see. That it. I'm scared of.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm fired up. Cause it, my whole thing is your doom and gloom to it doesn't dictate it's or have any sort of bearing on it. What, where it goes. So for me, I just try Absolutely. to look at it like a little kid all the time. I'm like, wow, this is cool. <laughs> Cause like realistically, Great. I know that Great. I only lose <laughs> if I don't have a mentality like that.
0: Yeah. And also you lose if you don't try to, if you try to, keep pushing against it. Mm-hmm. And while I do think we need to ask questions, we do need yes. to have regulations around a lot of stuff that's probably going to be come forward very, very soon. Mm-hmm. We, Some of us, most of us need to fully embrace it because this is the future and it's just how do we make it work for ourselves?
1: Yeah. No, it, it, is, it is incredibly cool, but I think it will kind of reconstruct our views on everything, which to me, that actually makes me also very happy because Everything that we've built upon right now is just stacking on someone's original decision. And so innovation is even only like one progression step further on the original structure. Who's to say that that original structure wasn't completely bad? And then we just built upon a bad structure. You know what what I'm saying? And then we're just too far gone to go back and and tear it down and, and rebuild. Whereas now like these can make those decisions possible. And there's far less like human and emotion involved, which is like emotion is fantastic. It gives life meaning. But in terms of decision making, it's incredibly flawed. And I think that yes. that is, is showing practice again and again.
0: We are flawed humans.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty sweet.
0: So to kind of move away from all of that, but to still touch upon Mark Zuckerberg, Instagram has announced some new features that nobody asked for. Although one of them I'm quite excited about. And I think a lot of small businesses will be excited about because it's pr- quite cool. However, first one is called Backdrop. It's a new AI backdrop, backdrop sticker to replace the background of any image on your story, which, fine. <laughs> the one that I'm personally excited about and the one that I think a lot of small businesses and brands and entrepreneurs will be excited about is one called Get Orders Sticker. Okay. And what you can do with this is you can now attach a product sticker to either your story or your post. And it can boost sales, so it could be either to your shop or it could be to an individual item that you're trying to sell more of. But you can actually add that sticker to different parts. So your story and your like the actual post on your feed. That's sweet.
1: Yeah, I think any sort of tools that they can give to business owners to help make sales easier, I'm definitely for. So that'll that'll be really cool to see in in practice. And there's another one that that they just launched recently too, that I, I made a video about on our YouTube channel, Shameless Plug, where it was all about, it's called Instagram Flipside. Have you seen that?
0: I've heard about it. I haven't seen it in the so wild yet.
1: I actually think it's really cool. And I do think that there's business implications here as well. So essentially what you can do is, on, when you have access to this feature, because not everyone will, in classic IG, but when you have it, you'll see this little <laughs> outline of a key at the top of your profile. And then if you swipe down, it flips you over to the flip side, which is basically a version of instagram within instagram that is basically like your close friends feature but giving you access to all the other features that instagram has like you'd be able to go live to your close Mm. friends posts reels that only your close friends could see etc and i think that's really cool from a business perspective because i've talked about this before but by giving your key people access to like a private membership that you get like discounts and stuff like that within the story i thought that was already an underutilized tool now this takes it to a whole whole other level right like i just think that this is just speaking to something we've talked about on the show at nauseam. here is that the importance of community and the fact of like nurturing your true fans is, is such an important thing. And these are all more tools to help you do that from a business perspective. And then I think for the user, I think this is their attempt to capture some of the younger demographic from Snapchat. Because I think like my little sister who's, who's been on the pod before, her whole generation is obsessed with uh, Snapchat. And I think a lot of it has to do with the perceived like anonymous nature of it. And, yeah, and the exclusive absolutely. nature of it. And so now if you can bring that over, I think a lot of these, I say kids, but they're not, they're they're adults, I guess most of them. <laughs> but like, I think they're going to come over and they never really was br- were brought up on Instagram as much as we were. And they might try it out and be like, oh, there's, there's actually more we can do here than Snapchat. And we still get the primary benefit of what Snapchat was. And so I think that, that might end up being a pretty good play for them that not many people are talking about.
0: Yeah. Because the, the only thing that I have really heard about with Flipside is, oh, it's like Finsta. It's like Finsta. It's like a kind Finsta. Of is. And it- it and yeah, it absolutely kind of is. But I think it's important, like you said, to kind of for brands to use utilize it as a bigger way to build your community and to really engage with your community through more personalized content. Yeah,
1: yeah the more creative you can get with these tools, is it's like you're going to benefit from it. And with flip side. It's so incredibly valuable knowing that it's only going to your ideal core people. So then this way, way you can totally abandon the need for it to try to really perform or reach a wide audience with anything you post because you're communicating to your core people. And so you can do so accordingly.
0: Love that. The last one that they kind of announced that they're testing, which I feel is kind of strange. They're now going to, they're testing public saves. So any... Reels, any posts that you have saved in a collection or a folder on your Instagram, they're now going to try to make those public. All of them? From what I can understand, yes.
1: People are going to be in trouble.
0: That's what I was like, oh, God. Like, what about all those, like, not safe for work images or like, oh, what about people in relationships who their partners maybe saving something they shouldn't That's like, be <laughs> remember that
1: activity tab that was a mainstay of Instagram Yeah, that led to so many fights yes. and relationships? Like this would be the same yep. sort of thing. I think this would really bring down how many people would save things though.
0: And that's what I was kind of thinking too. So I'm not sure if they're actually going to follow through with it. But I think if they do, it would have to be something where people are actively Optionally, choosing yeah. which collections, yeah, which collections are public, and then maybe doing a collaboration saves with like other people. I think that would be really. They already
1: cool. have that. That's already live. They have yeah.
0: that. So like just but putting that more publicly.
1: Yeah. Great point. If you didn't know that already and you're listening to this and say you have people on your team or people that you know have similar interests to you, you can do a collaborated saves list. So that way, like if you come across something and you throw it in this list and that way you can both see it at the same time. So that's a, that's a great point.
0: How often do you actually use
1: it? Honestly, I'm kind of a weirdo. I just, I don't use saves at all. I send myself stuff.
0: Okay. That's what, cause I was, I used to be a saver because I was like, Oh, I'm just gonna remember to look at this later. And then I never did. And so now I have to send myself stuff. So I was just curious. I just don't know who really saves content and actually goes back and looks at it.
1: I think whichever system you deploy, whether it be saves to categorize things or just sending it to yourself, I think it's really important to set aside time to actually put that into practice. Because it's really easy to fall deep into consumption. And I'm I'm guilty of this completely. I'm calling myself out here. And then you just (laughs) build up this massive roster of content that you... Thought you were going to use and you never ended up doing. So like Sunday, maybe it's like an hour just clearing that thing out. It's going to give you a lot more value for your time that you're spending on social.
0: Yeah, I've got a little post-it note on my computer now like that I wrote out yesterday of like daily tasks. And then I have one for weekly tasks just so I can like cross them off and be like, you know what? You usually like... I get an email and I immediately like have to respond to the email because my brain has just like works that way, and then I forget everything else in my list. So I'm like, I need a visual list. I'm going to start doing this, and I'm going to start clearing out all of the things I've told myself that I was Mm going to do. No,
1: I'm I'm with you on that. I think that that's uh, the clutter is a a big thing that uh, we have tools now to get rid of it. So definitely should to clear up some mental headspace.
0: Absolutely. As for another thing that I personally found interesting and I'm curious what your thoughts on it Pinterest is now looking to get into the video Mm -hmm. game and what I mean by that is now it's officially launched its first tv show and has done partnerships with like pretty big personalities to get them to be on a weekly show and that show is actually airing on Pinterest
1: so they're going after long-form content Mm -hmm. everyone
0: instead of Short form instead of just pinning because yeah. yeah. So they debuted its first streaming show, deliciously entertaining, which features Lance Bass, Trixie Mattel, Joy Cho, and more. So it was produced with Taste Made, and it's a sh- ten-episode streaming series on
1: Pinterest. I don't hate that because I think what where Pinterest really shines is the discovery of new things, right? Like the, that are associated with your interests. I think mm-hmm. they do that quite well. And so where my mind goes instantly yes. is that's the biggest problem right now with podcasts. Like YouTube does an okay job at it, but not really. And so maybe that's a, a way where they come in and, and can do that with podcasts. Because the biggest problem there is discoverability. And discoverability of, of smaller or more niche shows is nearly impossible. Like Because unless you are like deeply interested yeah. in something and YouTube pops it up to you, like finding new stuff in Spotify... That like Spotify is great for finding the music, but they suck at giving you new podcasts. Like they're not good at that. so maybe maybe Pinterest can come no. in and and make that a, a space where they can really win because that's a massive problem that's been present for years.
0: Well, and what I find absolutely incredible about this, it almost kind of feels like cute uh, was it um, oh, where you can buy stuff on TV um,
1: oh, like infomercials?
0: Yeah, there's like a specific thing for it. But yeah, it feels like an infomercial a little bit. So in a variety piece that I found yesterday, it says within each 22 minute episode, viewers can scan an on-screen QR code, which links to a Pinterest board with shoppable mm. pins, letting them purchase products to recreate all of the series recipes and DIY tutorials, as well as inspirational pins connected to the episode theme.
1: That is really I think smart. That's so I think the the words we we're looking for was the shopping channel, and and we've been yes. we've been told for the longest time that interactive shopping and live shopping experiences were crushing it in Asia, but they've not had the same type of connection yet with the North American audience. But maybe that's just because they've been going after too wide of a net, right? Like if you think about who used to buy on the shopping channel it was like t- typically like my grandma. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to figure out the right way to say that. Yeah. It, it was like, that was typically who was buying that stuff. And so I think Pinterest would have a little bit more of that audience rather than like a general audience. And that might, that might end up really working. Mm-hmm. Pinterest, you've got some low key wins. I
0: think it will, especially. Yeah. Especially since it's hitting the person, like really interesting personalities. So you got somebody like Lance Bass, like a huge in mm-hmm. sync huge LGBTQ figure, you got Trixie Mattel, who's also a drag queen, huge LGBTQ figure. And just really like, you've got chefs, you've got actors and content creators, you've got like a floral Mm -hmm. design person and that are really actually massive on other platforms. And then them announcing on other platforms, hey guys, I'm actually going to be doing a weekly show on Pinterest, come over here. Mm And now they're going to get a whole new audience coming to Pinterest.
1: Yeah. No, I do think I like that play. And if they can make the experience one that's enjoyable, like people, there's a reason why the shopping channel was so successful for so long. And like people do like buying that way. And they typically buy stuff they don't even need. So like, imagine if it is stuff they actually want to need that could work quite well.
0: Yeah. I mean, I still love as seen on TV when I'm at home watching it with my grandma and she's like, the, oh, look, we need that. I need that. Processor. I need that
1: collection yeah. pin that I'll never, ever use.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Kenzie, will you get my checkbook? I need that.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that's basically everything that I've, I personally found interesting and entertaining this week in the world of social media news, especially the Google one, which obviously we talked about for quite a while. There's one more report, actually, that I just remembered. There is a new Pew Research report that came out about TikTok. And... To those who don't know, Pew Research, they basically go around in America and do data analytics on different social media apps, and they do general research for a bunch of different things. But they shared some new data on TikTok usage in the U.S. and how Americans are interacting. So this is specifically U.S. America only. But one of the biggest insights, which I found pretty interesting, and which I'm sure you already know as somebody who has created content for a very long time, but the top 25% of US adults on TikTok produce 98% of all publicly accessible videos from the platform.
1: Yeah, that's, that, that's not very shocking to me. I think a lot of people think that it's a lot more competitive than it actually is.
0: Yes. And I so I found that as somebody who creates content but doesn't create content on my own like social like social media channels, I create content for other people. I found that really interesting that people think it's so much larger than that or like heart more competitive when it's not. Mm -hmm. The other one that I found really interesting is that fifty two percent of U.S. adults on TikTok have ever post have ever posted a video on the platform. While well, most users get more value out of their for you feed as opposed to their own following list. And that's something that we've talked about mm-hmm. is that a lot of people, while they might follow people, it's usually your for you page that you're looking at. You're never looking at your following page.
1: No. And just because that demographic's not creating as much content, I I would guess they're still consuming a ton. Because I know that like my mom consumes so much content all the time and makes a lot of purchasing decisions that way. So that's yeah, probably where the like, huge opportunities are slept on is the fact like speaking to those people. Cause they're there.
0: Yeah. And they said that I think it's people only follow about a hundred people on TikTok and most people, most users only have about, I think 36 followers and of those 36 followers, they've gotten zero likes on any of their content.
1: Wow. Yeah, no, that, that, so, that does make sense. It's very much a consumption driven platform for, for most yeah, people.
0: And so, and so if you're thinking on here like, oh, I shouldn't be making content on TikTok, it's oversaturated, overrun. There's so many people making content, yada, yada, yada. This is your information to say, do it, mm. because you could be missing out on becoming a content creator if that's what you're wanting to be. You're building your brand on this platform because there are opportunities out there and you just need to start making them.
1: Yeah, I, I still I think there are still blue oceans out there. Like there still is opportunities that aren't served and I also think that you just being yourself instantly creates unique opportunities for you because like, even if someone's heard something a hundred times, it might be how you said it for the hundred and first time that made them connect with it. Right. And so like, what do you have, what do you have to lose, especially with the barrier to entry being so low now where you can record on your phone? Yeah. There's still absolutely an opportunity and these numbers should be incredibly promising for you because naturally there has to be that blend of create content versus uh c- consumers and if if most of it's coming from the same people and they're consuming the same content over they're gonna get bored of that right and they're gonna they're gonna it's- want different sources so there's there's always room for new creators and there's always room for the best
0: absolutely well that is all i've got this week ben do you have any thing that you've noticed or that you've seen this week that you want to touch on or highlight
1: in terms of news no i think you covered all of the major points that that i had seen
0: do you have a Flick feature this week?
1: Flick feature, I can find one. Let's yeah. let's do this real in real time. So we're going to shout out Sandy Lynn, who is an entrepreneur and a creator. And she creates a lot of content for other creators. And she's building a startup called CreoBase, Base, which I believe the whole premise of that business is helping creators find brand deals and, and work with brand partnerships. So if you are a creator, definitely go check out Sandy, handle is by sandy Lynn. and then the her startup's called creobase underscores the handle and just creobase is the name c r e o b a s e and she makes a ton of awesome tutorials of like how you can create trends that are popping off like be like here's how you can do this or here's what this looks like and she's uh, a wealth of knowledge in the whole creator and, and content game so definitely go give her a follow she uh, she's been doing awesome stuff for a long time and definitely someone you want to keep tabs on
0: Perfect. I love that. Well, that is all we got for you this week. And if you liked it, please give us a five-star review as it helps other people discover us. And honestly, we just want to keep making this for you guys. So we're going to keep doing it. If you like what we have to say, you can also follow us over on all of our social media platforms. We are on TikTok. We are on Instagram. We are on X, Twitter, whatever it's called. We're on YouTube. We're at flick.social. Across the board, except on X, where we are flick underscore social. Ben has been creating some incredible videos over on YouTube, lots of great content over there. Like he said, most recently, he's been talking about a bunch of new features that Instagram has been posting about. He's talked about something that Adam Mossery, Mossery has been saying recently as well. And yeah, just a bunch of good content that we've been just rolling out. And honestly, if you want to figure out AI and see if it's right for you, check out Flix AI Assistant because we are helping you create content from start to finish, all with a single keyword or with any piece of media that you have. And we will do the hard work or the work that you just don't like to do and you just kind of want to offset to somebody else. Flix AI Assistant can do it for you. So give it a free seven-day trial. Yeah.
1: And the theme that we talked about already with the whole like maximizing the value of your time and things being a good purchase if it's lower than your your hourly rate. If you've not played around with AI yet, I strongly recommend that you go into Flick, give it a go, especially with the free week trial, there's nothing to lose. And I think just like think about it from a perspective of how much time can this save me each week? I'm hard pressed to find anyone that's gonna, it's not gonna make sense. Do you know what I mean? So like give it a go and we've also (laughs) built it in a way being very thoughtful and deliberate about making this approachable. I know AI sounds scary and Uh, we talked about it even kind of a funny scary way today but but we do so in a way within the content lab where it's incredibly approachable even if you are brand new you're not tech savvy like my grandma could figure this stuff out so i promise you if you're listening to this you can too and you will see value my (laughs) ask from you today if you're listening to this and you've ever taken value from any of our content please just share this episode with someone else that you know would also take value from it that can go such a long way in expanding the community and it also gives you something to talk about with someone that you have mutual interests with so Everybody wins.
0: Absolutely. Well, we will talk to you all in two weeks. Bye.
1: Peace.